She's an author, coach, and business owner who believes that being a mom is the most entrepreneurial venture that exists. Her book, The Magic Mom, is a step-by-step -step guide for raising independent-minded kids and taking care of ourselves in the process. Entrepreneurship, if you look at the definition, is about taking initiative and risk. Tell me what is more risky and taking initiative than bringing a child into the world. There's no guidebook on what to do. And she's the mother of four highly enterprising daughters. Alice Daly, welcome to Pop Wisdom. When you competed against your dad, did he let you win or did you have to earn it? Oh, he always let me win. <laughs> Daddy's little girl, huh? <laughs> he let me win. How did you compete against him? Where were these competition opportunities? Oh, I think these were just like board games. I was a big board game kid. He let me win. <laughs> and what kind of lesson is that? None. None. What's the number one lesson you learned from your dad? My dad was the entrepreneur. Yeah, so to go take risks. It says my mom worked a job with the state of Maryland. The uh, antithesis of risk taking. The antithesis of risk taking before I was born, a few months before I was born, she still works there to this day. Yeah, even more so, yes. yes. So my mom has been paycheck every two weeks <laughs> and my dad it was always like, because I got divorced, it was like, uh, do you have tuition money? Uh, well, no, but maybe in a couple weeks. And my mom was like, I got it. I got it, I got it. This is the part of the entrepreneurial process that few appreciate, <laughs> which is the comfort with living with a much shorter amount of runway than you ever want to let anyone really feel. For sure. It's like, how many, how many months till total financial collapse? Yeah. You can usually, uh, you don't need to think too hard. You don't, and if you've <laughs> never had the point of, you know, I don't know if I can make payroll next month, like, yeah. that's the entrepreneurial. Yeah. <laughs> True test. Like, once you've done that, it's like, ah, oh, I could do anything. Yeah, when it stops feeling like someone's sitting on your chest at night, you know you've <laughs> crossed the Rubicon. <laughs> yes. If you could relive one memory with your dad, what day would it be? I lived with my mom, and I went out with my dad, went out to dinner, went to the mall, and uh, came back with a puppy. Oh, that's the best. <laughs> now, was this a gift to you and also a shot across the bow of your mom? <laughs> I think so, I think so. Here's a twofer. <laughs> yeah, I always loved Lassie, so I always wanted one of those little Shetland sheepdogs. I got one. See, this is the service offering we provide. <laughs> Finding the kernel of good in every dad experience. What does masculinity mean to you? Or what is masculinity? Mm. We've had a lot of guys and dads on, not as many moms and women, so I'm always yeah. especially interested in the female perspective. Yeah, and I'm super fascinated just by masculine, feminine energy, because I think we both, we all have both. Yeah, 100%. Right, so I'm gonna give both just because I think they can't exist without the other, right? So coming from the feminine being like, I think of words like home and safety and receptive and openness, whereas I think of masculine as protective and defender and security and, and safety, but in a different way, like maybe like physical safety and the mom more, and the feminine more is the emotional safety. Where do you think our conversation in, in the culture goes wrong? Not appreciating the beauty in each and each for what they are and embracing what we're given and who we are. Everything's a fight. Yeah. Why do we need to fight it and resist? What would happen if we just accepted things as they were and started at that place? What did your dad teach you about God? And it can be nothing, or it can be mm. something. No, my dad had a, has a deep faith. 
he would always tell me that for as many generations back as they could go, that they were all Christians, which is really yeah, that's interesting in from India. Right. So, so I feel really like there's so much history in our family that, I mean, they could trace it back to, I mean, my dad can be, you know, he can exaggerate. So I don't actually know that this is true and I haven't seen the data, but he's like, yeah, all the way back to like Thomas. We can like, we can trace it. That's as much research as we yeah, need. Yeah, that's pretty neat. I mean, did you have a, did, were they part of a community of Christians in India? They were, yeah. So super unusual. Yeah. I don't know, I really feel fortunate to have that heritage. What do you want to have written on your gravestone? This is an answer that can change with time. Oh, we can. As of right now. She lived life to the fullest. No regrets. You got to the top at Kilimanjaro, so that's a good one. It's a great one. Maybe put that on the back, got to the top. A little picture, you know. <laughs> What's your favorite children's book? The Very Hungry Caterpillar. The Very Hungry Caterpillar. Uh -huh. I don't know this one. What, what's the, you don't what's know the, the Very Hungry Caterpillar? Is this like a classic? Uh, Eric Carle? I'm sorry. I, there's, <laughs> see, you need to go to therapy for childhood healing because you didn't ever have it. Well, how part, did you never have a very Part of it is my nephew, Alex, was read a lot of books. And we watched, because he was born first, before Mateo. And so we watched as my sister and brother-in-law went from... 30 minutes of reading time to like up to two hours before bed. And so, and I'm not sure this is good parenting advice. <laughs> we decided none of this books at night stuff. <laughs> time for bed, pat, 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 you're done, door closed. Okay. <laughs> That's one way to do it. That's one way to do You'll it. You'll get books some other time, but I need to get to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> My new favorite children's book going forward when Laura's is released will be hers. Oh, so she's writing a children's book. It is. It's a children's affirmations, a nighttime storybook. What's the most valuable thing you've learned from your children? They're so much more open-minded and curious. So the number of times they will go talk to strangers when we're out, when I'm just like, gotta go, like, come on. And they strike up a conversation with somebody and it turns into this magical experience just because they're moving a little bit slower and more aware. So it's taught me how to be more aware and curious too. I always wonder, is there a way to have that be, survive, that openness? Like, you know, we do continually close down the older we get. Mm -hmm. Well, <laughs> I think, so here's what I have learned. The way to do that is to compliment people. So I think hmm. we, we keep compliments inside because how many times have I thought, oh, well, that was really nice that they just did that or they look really nice today. I really like their bag or just go say it. And then you make somebody's day and you open up a conversation that never would have happened. So that's what I've learned from them. When they say something, like I have one daughter that will just go, as soon as she sees it, she'll say it. So why do we hesitate as adults? Because I know how many times my day has been made when someone has said, oh, even when I walked in here today, the girls were like, oh my gosh, I like your outfit. I'm like, oh, like I just <laughs> felt better. I like that. What's the most dangerous thing you ever did as a child? <laughs> I was so poor. Dangerous things. I mean, if you walk to school alone today, that's considered dangerous. <laughs> I mean, I was a latchkey kid. Yeah, so there you go. Is that dangerous? It's not. It, everybody thinks it is because we're nuts and we've lost our minds as a society. I mean, if I told you some <laughs> of the things that I we let our kids do that I didn't even put in the book, I'd probably be in jail. Well, that's coming up next. <laughs> What's the most dangerous thing you've ever let your kid do? By my standard? Or By any standard. Other people's standards. I know other people's standards are insane, so. 
Oh, let's go. Okay, that, that's more fun. We'll go with other people because there's there's very little, there's very few things that I think are actually dangerous. Seth and I travel a lot. So when we moved to Austin, we were living in an apartment and we were both traveling. Well, the kids still need to get to school. None of them drove at the time. So they would just Uber to school. And it's probably against all of Uber's policies. Yeah, how, how, what's the age range here of the, in this Uber to school I mean, deal? they were what, like 15, 13, 10, and 7? Seven-year-old Uber to school. That's pretty good. What else? What else? What other dangerous stuff? <sighs> what other dangerous stuff? Um, I mean, other people would think that me sending them on a plane by themselves at 12, and I don't get them direct flights on purpose so that they have to navigate airports. But I'm like, just guess, yeah. This is some of the misery of adult life I can give you a window into. <laughs> I, you Non-direct have a flights. cell phone. You have to talk to people. You have to read screens. You have to make sure you're on time. But the number of times I'll talk to parents and they're like, oh, my kid can never do that. I'm like, yeah, you're right, because you're telling them that they can't. If they had Isn't to figure it out, they would. How have you most damaged your kids, either physically or mentally? <laughs> and this can be light and funny, or it can be a therapy session if you'd like. <laughs> Gosh, I feel like you'd have to ask them how I've damaged them. My older one is a lot like me, like looks at food and like it's on you, right? My second one could eat all the Oreos in the world and it's doesn't like, matter. doesn't matter. And then we discovered health challenges and all that sort of stuff for my older one. But I think damage in that, hey, you're okay. You're okay. You'll be okay. You'll be okay. Trying to push them through something that it's like, no, no, no. Mommy really need to slow down because there's something here. They know there's something here. And there were times where I had to take her to the hospital and it was like, it was inconvenient for me. And so I was like, can we just like give you some Tylenol? Like, <laughs> We've gone dark. Know? I love it. <laughs> it would be okay. I mean, come no, on. Mama, I think, has it ever to the hospital? <laughs> doesn't every parent like give their kids ibuprofen and like send them to school like the day they have a fever a little bit? Um, I don't think it's untrue to say that when your kid does need to go to the hospital, it doesn't eliminate the feeling of how horrible it is to ever go to hospitals for any reason at all. They're it's like, oh, places. damn it. Is there any chance we cannot do this? Can we just not? Is there any way around this? Well, that's it. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for being on Pop Wisdom. I hope it wasn't too scarring. Oh my gosh. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Dad Saves America podcast. If you did, make sure to subscribe so you won't miss the next episode. It also really helps us out when you leave us a good rating wherever you listen to podcasts. For more content like this, including video versions of these conversations, check out our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash dadsavesamerica.